Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Um, you know, we know that what we want to want to find, we want leadership. You know, we want somebody who's going to bring the, the rally the collective over the individual. We want somebody who's got vision, who can communicate, who's got a solid football foundation, who understands how football's interconnected and what that means. So that's been our focus in these last uh, few days, really honing in on what we want. In terms of specific names, we're going to meet after this, uh, after I get done with you, you great people, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that further. Quasi Adolfo Mensa last week during his introductory press conference as the general manager of the Vikings, replacing Rick Spielman. Of course, it was both Spielman and Mike Zimmer, coach of the Vikings, who was fired. We hope to be joined by Paul Allen. We are working out the kinks. He's driving, so we're going to try to get him via Zoom, audio, not video, although that would be something. That would be something with the flowing Albert Einstein hair while he's driving his Yugo to the station but uh, if we get him, we get him. If we don't, I got plenty to say about what the Vikings are doing when it comes to their head coach. They have interviewed plenty of guys. News came last night. Now, remember, it was Saturday. There was a lot going on Saturday. If you follow PFT on Twitter or if you come to the website, what you saw first from us, yes, I'm wearing a groove in my own back. Sue me. Jim Harbaugh had an interview on Saturday with the Minnesota Vikings. It happened by Zoom, not in person. But that surprised a lot of people. Now, the connection is obvious. Quasi Adolfo Mensa worked for the 49ers 2013-2014, the final two years of the Jim Harbaugh era. And that was the period where it was all falling apart, supposedly. Remember, it was after the 2013 season that they nearly traded him to the Browns. And he ultimately decided he didn't want to coach the Browns or they would have traded him to the Browns. The deal was in place, and I know everybody will deny it, and they, the 49ers denied it at the time. The Browns, I remember Jimmy Haslam issued a statement that didn't deny it. It's because it was going to happen. That was part of their effort to find a replacement to whichever coach it was they had fired after the 2013 season. 
But after 2014, that's when they had the mutual parting. I remember that happening during Football Night in America. Mutual parting. Jim Harbaugh basically came out and said there wasn't any mutual parting. I was fired. They fired him. But Kwesi Adolfo Mensah was there. He witnessed some of whatever it was that was happening. See, there's a narrative out there about Harbaugh that he's a jerk, that he's combative, that he's confrontational. And I believe the Vikings are concerned about getting themselves another combative, confrontational, jerky kind of a coach because that's how Mike Zimmer was. That was his way. That was the Bill Parcells way. He was very in-your-face, negative, critical. So the Vikings are concerned that they bring in another guy who was just like Zimmer, maybe worse than Zimmer. The players aren't going to be very happy. Well, you know, the players get you – know, sometimes you just need new players. New voice, maybe you need new players. The players don't like the way it was. They move on. And you have a coach that has a proven track record of winning. 44-19-1 in four regular seasons with the 49ers. Took a team that was 6-10 and to the brink of the Super Bowl in one year. The next year, to the Super Bowl and almost won it. That's undeniable. The next year, to the playoffs. I think they got to the round of eight, I think, in 2013. So, if you're looking for a coach that's going to help you compete for championships, and that's what ownership said. That's what the Wilfs said after Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer were shown the door. We want to compete for championships. And, and remember, my narrative has been just good enough. That's the Vikings. Is just good enough good enough for the Wilfs? Apparently it's not. they got to ask themselves, do they want to go for that brass ring, even if it could be a wild ride? Speaking of wild rides, on his way from his home to the studios of KFAN, our good friend Paul Allen joining us. Oh, wow. We have video and audio. Please do not wreck your car. Hi, Paul. I'm not, ma'am. No, I'm parking. I mean, if uh, if my guy is in a spot, then I got to come through 10 out of 10 times, even if it means by uh, the airport pulling uh, pulling over. And here we are. What's going on, brother? Don't uh, don't get yourself arrested, although that would make for oh, a good. viral video. Maybe you should get yourself arrested. Smoke them if you got them and uh, roll the windows down so the cops can smell it. I don't know if it's legal well, there, yeah, but I mean, I'll I'm, assume I'm, it isn't. And... I'm, at the, um, I'm at the Minneapolis airport thinking I was picking up Jim Harbaugh, but then I realized National <laughs> Signing Day is tomorrow, so I guess I'll just go to work. Um, so you're playing the role of Brad Childress. In the actual uh, yeah. drive to the airport and pick up the high-profile new employee. Yeah, see, I was wondering why the the television helicopters were hovering over me, but now I know it's just because I'm I'm on PFT on NBC Sports Network. So, uh, you know, I'm in the spotlight right now, ma'am. You're bringing the final act of Goodfellas vibe to the program with hey, the reference. I got to light the- in my car. Oh, wow. Look at that. I wonder what was going on. I thought, yeah, no, not really, but uh, we'll take it. We're illuminated. Uh, Hey, um, so tell me about this Harbaugh stuff. Look, it came out of the blue on Saturday. I texted you about it, and you thought I was crazy. Your response was not happening. Now, I don't know whether you were saying not happening to the interview because the first interview did happen. Tom Pelissero of NFL Media and I think others have reported it will happen tomorrow, which is National Signing Day. Oops for Michigan. What do you think about all of this? Well, when, when, when you reached out to me over the weekend, Michael, uh, when I said not happening, you know, that, that was with the premise that, A, San Francisco was going to beat the L.A. Rams, and I thought Kevin O'Connell was going to come available 
28, 32 hours after we were texting. Uh, then, then along the way, the Rams beat the Niners. Um, and this is with absolutely no steam or inside information that the Vikings are all in on Kevin O'Connell. But, I mean, they flew out yesterday to, to Southern California, I believe, mostly to interview him. And, and then they get out there. And all of a sudden, D'Amico Ryans pulls out of it. So now Harbaugh's coming here on Wednesday to the Chili Cornfields on National Signing Day. I mean, you know, I know the hay's in the barn for the college kids and everything, but it's still National Signing Day. And and if I'm a Ballyhooed senior who, you know, I'm, I'm going to wear maize and blue. I love Jim. I love the equity and everything. Oh, wait, he, he's where? He's in Egan, Minnesota, interviewing for the Vikings job. I, I would think that is weird. So, you know, I'm I'm not Mike Florio like skeptical. I'm I'm just not wired that way. But there just seems to be some type of leverage play here. That's either one to push O'Connell. If you want a waffle, we have options. Or I mean, a college coach looking to get more money from a university. Geez, that'd be a shocker. I don't think he's looking to get more money from Michigan. I really don't think that's it. I think he wants to come back to the NFL, and he wants to win a Super Bowl, which should be music to the ears of any of the folks up there who have been wanting to win a Super Bowl since the Super Bowl first began in 1966. I think his interest is genuine. I think he is tormented by the fact, we know how competitive he is, we know how competitive his brother is, he's tormented by the fact that nine years ago he had a shot at the Super Bowl and he lost it to his brother. And he has to see that ring and hear stories about the Super Bowl team. Think about it. Every Thanksgiving, hey, John, tell us about the time you won a Super Bowl. Now, it it also may be a sore subject since he beat Jim in that Super Bowl. But I think that's his motivation. I don't think it's money. I think he could have the Mel Tucker Michigan State deal if he wanted it. This is about 58 years old, limited spins of the season-to-season dial. And yeah. wants to come back and, and try to win a Super Bowl. And well, hey, uh, you know what, what's wrong my, with that? My, when, when I was putting nine to noon KFAN together last night for today, thinking about this, I, I was shocked that Jim Harbaugh only makes four million dollars at Michigan. I mean, because I'm just thinking all these college coaches, man, they're like six, seven, eight, nine. When you got a name like that at a at a massive Big Ten school. Um, so I, I was a little shocked that that was the bottom line. Secondly, you know, I went back through the four years at San Francisco, and it's, man, it's nothing short of amazing, Michael, that he got to the Super Bowl with a quarterback making his 10th start. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, Kaepernick started his first game uh, like November of that year, and his 10th start was the Super Bowl. And Collins, a 57% guy who's an elite runner with a big arm, and that's it. And he, and he found a way to get to the Super Bowl. That was really, really good. But finally, with uh, the new GM here, Michael, uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, you know, when it, it seems, and, and I read all your PFT stuff, I'm going to gravy train two paragraphs today, nine to noon, uh, from uh, the two stories ago on, on Harbaugh that you wrote uh, about taking a chance. But, um, you know, Quasi, it, it's it, the perception of why things blew up in San Francisco for Jim seems to be clouded and kind of shrouded in darkness. Well, Quasi was there for the two years it fell apart. So, granted, he may have been manager 
of research and development or whatever and not like the director and he was just starting out. And this is a smart man and this is an observant man. And and so if there are bones that are buried, he may know where they they were with Jed York or Balky or I want to run all a personnel or bleep you, whatever it is. I think Quasi has something up his sleeve. Well, and, and I agree with you, Paul, because one of the things that you hear when you try to figure out what the hesitation is, what's going on, why the Vikings seem to be a little bit leery of getting themselves another Mike Zimmer, and that seems to be the concern. Nothing against Mike Zimmer. He had a specific yeah, totally different. style. Well, but no. Well, yeah, but they, that's they good. Really tell me are. why they're I mean, different. You know, tell me, tell you know, me why I, you I think they're different. I don't, mean to, I don't mean to clomp on you like you're on my show, KFA and Wednesdays. Go, um, but go. But Zimmer... Zimmer is 10 years older. Zimmer came in with the crotchety gene, and he left with the crotchety gene. And in knowing people, specifically Matt Burke, um, Super Bowl winning center for the Ravens, who joins my show weekly, you know, I mean, he, he's juiced into the Harbaugh, specifically John. And, you know, but he knows Jim. And, and he's told me some things over the last 24 hours about Jim where he's not like John, but he ain't like Zim. And, and you know, having worked with college kids as intimately as he has, as recently as he has, when it comes to whatever this generation is with, you know, wanting to be patted on the back and, and look me in the eyes in the hallway, even if we've lost five in a row and, and say good morning, whatever it is, he, he's in it. <laughs> so he's going to be able to grab that thing if, if, if indeed he comes here and handle it well. But I've, you know, man, and I've just, I would have bet a lot of money last week, Kevin O'Connell would, would be our next head coach after Nathaniel Hackett got sniped by George Payton, former Vikings uh, right-hand man to Spielman in Denver. Then I went all in on O'Connell for multiple reasons, and um, I still kind of think it's going to be him. Well, but here's the difference. With O'Connell, you're making the projection that guy who is coordinator can be successful head coach. No doubt. Two different jobs. With Harbaugh, you got a guy who's done it and done it well. And he turned that 49ers team around. It was 6-10 and 10 in 2010. He comes through the door in 2011 with the benefit of no offseason program. Nothing. That was during the lockout. One of the, one of the seeds underpinning the discontent that he had with Jim Schwartz. Remember that very aggressive handshake they had October 2011 oh, yeah. after the 49ers beat the Lions? That went back to a oh, dinner yeah. at the league meetings. John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz huffing and puffing to Jim about how you're not going to do anything this year. You got no chance this year. There's no offseason program. You, know, you got no chance to have anything good. And, of course, that gave Jim Harbaugh even greater motivation. And look at what he did. <laughs> he took the team almost to the Super Bowl in his first year. And, and again, hey, mm -hmm. Paul, if the Wilfs mean it when they say they want to compete for championships, they could do a hell of a lot worse. Hey, great job, control room. There it is. There's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. There's Jim yeah. Schwartz. And there's Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz eventually playing yeah, the hold me back card. Hey, look, 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 look hold me back. Jeremy hold me back. Like. Hold me back. No, look at the Ron Jeremy <laughs> looking like right in the middle. Seriously, the Ron Jeremy lookalike comes running in. That's Bob Lang. Oh, that was Bob unbelievable. Yeah, I forgot Ron Jeremy. The guy came running in the middle. Stop. And, and, Stop. And, and there was like a hard, there was like a hard back hit. And then, uh, and, and you, you got, um, you got Hiapatia Lee like in the third row, man. The whole thing's just crazy. Uh, Bob Lang, who was the 
the PR guy for the 49ers, now with the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, I've talked to Bob about that moment. There's a chapter about it in Playmakers, the book that you have, that you act like you've read, and you haven't, and you never will. It's not funny anymore. Okay. I will. So, so. Michael, uh, whether you like it or not, I read the Bible every single day, and I, I study it voraciously. There's only so much brain power inside this little, this 56-year-old pea to fit something expansive like Ontario Smith and the Wizenator after reading and studying the book of Hosea. So I got to balance that spiritual warfare. And once I get it done, I'm going to read Playmakers, I promise you. There is a Wizenator chapter in Playmakers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah. So back to Harbaugh. And, and some of the steam that's out there, some of the noise that's out there. Look, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. And I assume the Wolves are doing their research. But to the extent that Trent Balky would have bad things to say about him, I mean, look at the mess that Balky's in currently in Jacksonville. They got, but they got candidates saying we're not interested in. I'm saying Balky may have been the problem, not Harbaugh. We assume Harbaugh was the yeah. problem. And if Jed, if what, what incentive does Jed York have? I don't know what Jed York has said or not said about Jim Harbaugh privately to the Wolves or anyone else. What incentive does Jed York have to help? lay the foundation for Jim Harbaugh to come back and be as good, if not better, with someone else than he was with the 49ers. He's got no incentive to do that, none whatsoever. And actually, actually, if he believed in his heart of hearts that Jim Harbaugh was going to be a disaster in the NFL, if he had a part two, his best play is to say nothing or he preys on him and hope that one of your competitors ends up making a mistake. That's how it works. But Michael, you don't need Jed. I mean, that's a decade and change ago. I mean, you 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 got you're so juiced in with so many people who were at Michigan. You got Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the GM who was with Jim for two years in San Francisco. Uh, you don't need that. I mean, they're they're honestly, it's it's if you're going to get into the details of like the middle seat of twenty three B, and and somebody took your armrest and you're worried about your connection and and the FA won't serve you water. If you're going to worry about the details, go ahead. I'm going to be up in air traffic control watching them leave, watching them come in, taking the overarching view. It's Jim Harbaugh who got a quarterback in his 10th start to the Super Bowl. That's nothing short of amazing. He honestly, he's the best candidate, in my opinion, to be to become next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. But that doesn't mean he's going to win it because you just have no idea if they're I mean, you're. You are as skeptical and and fair-minded when it comes to balancing like a barrister the good, the bad, and the ugly. So tell me that you don't think there's the potential, there's a leverage play here to push Kevin O'Connell if he needs to be pushed. And by the way, O'Connell was with Kirk in in Washington. So, hey, I love Kirk, but, I mean, maybe, maybe Kevin's not all in on that. I, I don't know. Uh, so, it you know, that last offseason, you know, I caught a rumor last offseason that, you know, before the uh, before the Rams got Matthew Stafford, you know, they were doing their due diligence all around the league. And, and I think including here with Kirk and they ended up with Stafford. So they just maybe Kevin's not enamored with our quarterback. Maybe he's not enamored with the situation. It would be his first job. And the worst, you know, this man, the worst thing you could do in your first head coaching job is flop and get fired after three years because you ain't going to be a head coach again.
Well, and what the Wolves have to ask themselves is, do they want to invest in a projection and hope that that works, or do they want to go with someone, even if it's just for a few years, someone who has been there and done that, knows how to do it, was successful, and could jump in and be successful again. Our good friend A Red Zona UK, a.k.a. Tom Marshall from the UK, has this question for us, Paul. Could Kirk Cousins and Jim Harbaugh coexist in Minnesota? Well, yeah, I think they could uh, because Kirk and Zimmer coexisted, all right? And you know when 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 Kirk did they when when did they well they well they coexisted I mean that's that that's about the best way to put it but it, into the season man you remember it because I think we even argued about it on the radio a little bit when when Kirk made the decision not to vaccinate all right that that made Zimmer pear shaped but see and then like fans were killing Kirk also um, selfish narcissistic uh, you don't get it the whole thing. But see, here's the fraudulent nature of fans, because then Kirk plays like an MVP and he's helping your fantasy football team and you're all cashing bets because of him. So then we can't find you with a searchlight. But then he gets bit in front of the Green Bay game and, and the season's over. Well, now all of a sudden he's the devil. So they're just it just outside of you. I mean, you, you were consistent the entire way with your stance because you didn't have an agenda. But a lot of people have agendas with things like this. And and whether I mean, it, if Kirk and, and Jim Harbaugh cannot coexist, he's an offensive mind who was a quarterback. He has a gregarious personality. He's not crotchety from what I understand, but he has an opinion. Uh, honestly, I don't care. I mean, because I just don't care if Kirk can, can exist with him, coexist with him or not. If he's here, it has to happen because Jim's high end. They got one year left under contract with Kirk Cousins. The way it's set up, it'll be very difficult to franchise tag him for next year. I think they need to make a decision one way or the other, up or out with Kirk Cousins. They either extend him or they move on. And you know how well, I feel know, about Kirk Cousins. You give him yeah. a clean pocket, you give him a clean pocket, he'll slice and dice you. you but the minute the walls start to close in, yeah, the minute the walls start to close in, yeah. he's not Mahomes, he's not you Josh Allen, better. he's not Kyler Murray, but you gotta be able to you gotta be able to make chicken salad when the play that's called falls apart, unless you're going to block for yeah. the guy better. And, th- and they don't block for him as well as they need to. They had a guy in Case Keenum who was able to make things happen with his legs and extend plays horizontally and find somebody open. They didn't want that. They wanted a guy who'd stay in the pocket. As long as the pocket concept works, it's fine. The moment it doesn't work, it's over. That's the problem. He can put great stats together, but big games, clutch moments, take away the run game. How many times do we see the run game get stifled and Cousins collapsed when yeah, they could it, tee it off layered. on him? That, that's the problem. Michael, it's layered. Our, um, our first-year offensive line coach, Phil Rauscher, I mean, he did such a good job in a weird spot because Dennison wouldn't vaccinate. I mean, that, that's, that's a master's in engineering from the Kubiak tree with four Super Bowl rings, okay? I mean, that's high-end offensive line coach, but high-end run game coordinator. So the guy who replaced him, Phil Rauscher, he's different. I mean, Phil, in his first year, he reaches in and gets your soul and did a wonderful job with the Vikings offensive line. What, what he got out of Ezra Cleveland at left guard and so on, Dara saw when he was playing. So this is not an affront on, on Phil, but part of the reason our running game fell off is because – because of the Denison situation. So now Denison's going to be consulting guy, right? I mean, I didn't hear one time all season, anybody, Zimmer, Spielman, anybody 
praise Dennison for the work he's doing consulting because he probably wasn't consulting. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that, that feels like it might be crotchety head coach being like, bleep you, if you ain't going to do this and be here, then we ain't going to use it. I can't say that for sure. But if I'm Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the new general manager, speaking of quarterbacks, like my A topic right now is figuring out if Kellen Mond can play. Because I got so sick last year behind the scenes and being a practice and stuff uh, of hearing people say, Kellen can't play, Kellen can't play. And then Zimmer childishly assassinated him verbally after the Green Bay game. That was ridiculous how he treated that. And, okay, Kellen might not be able to play. But but you can't you cannot ascertain that point off watching him as the scout team quarterback mimicking every quarterback we're going to face every week. So they used a third on him. You know, I got other people around the league before the draft who I respect telling me that it's not the greatest pick in the world, but it still doesn't mean it can't work, specifically with a guy like Harbaugh, who, again, with Kaepernick, you know, much more highly touted out of Nevada Reno, and he's bigger and he's thicker than Kellen, but Kellen can run a little. Colin can run a lot. So you got to figure out if there's something you can do with Kellen, whether Kirk is here or not. You with me? I'm with you, and I think it makes sense, and we'll see how it plays out. I'll go back to a point I've been making for the last week, and this applies to the Giants, the Bears, the Vikings. Now, the Bears and the Vikings, or the Bears and the Giants, excuse me, have their coaches, but you hire your GM, presumably to go out and get the coach, and Adolfo Menso seems to be on board with Jim Harbaugh. We'll see if ownership is on board with it. I like the leverage play angle for Kevin O'Connell. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe it's, it's, it's leverage for Harbaugh with Michigan, or maybe he wants Miami come to the table. We'll see how it all plays he out. He only but they are million. interviewing. Did, what, wouldn't they you are, think Harbaugh made more money at Michigan? He, he agreed than, to than take four? a pay cut. He took a pay cut last year because he hadn't been getting it done. Now he had that one year well, where he got it done, hey. and he's looking for greener pastures. Yeah, but you know what, man? I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disrespecting or disparaging the, the coaching ranks in college football, okay? Recruiting, you got kids who deal with different problems. You can't pay them or you can kind of pay them or whatever it is. You write about it all the time. Um, but it, it's a different beast here in the NFL, man, and it can be steely. And Jim ain't leaving that, that nookie blankie for a $1 million raise. Uh, that that's the end of the story. And I mean, if Zimmer on the buyout, you know, Zimmer on the buyout, his deal was guaranteed. So that was a fat number now over two years. So now that's two years, you know, at, at whatever it was each year, eight ish, eight and change. So if I'm Jim, I start there. I mean, you want me to leave this where I can stay here forever. And you want me to come in there and work with a quarterback on a one year deal and you're telling me that Daniil Hunter might not be on the team because of money and injury, and you're telling me Barr might not be on the team, and you're telling me Patrick Peterson, who, by the way, is a freaking stud. My God, was he good last year. Uh, you're telling me Patrick will only be here if Todd Bowles is the coach. Well, yeah, I need eight, <laughs> and I want say over personnel. It's my call on who we draft, and that's how it's going to work. And I know Quasey, and I'm going to work well with Quasey and whomever else you hire. But it feels like an eight. So now you got, what, four years of eights or eight nines and tens? And then you just gave Quasey three and change. You're paying off Zim, whatever it is. You're paying off Rick, whatever it is. Woo! 
They got it, though. Hey, hey, Chris. I almost called you Chris. But it doesn't mean it's easy to just throw it out. They got it. We won't won't need to have a bake sale for the Wilfs. Trust me on that. I got to let you go. (laughs) I got to let you go. But I have to compliment you. I have to compliment you on one thing. First time, first time the words beast and steely have been used in the same line since the Eagles classic Hotel California of the late 1970s, a song with which I'm sure you are very familiar. They stab it with the steely knives. They just can't kill the beast. You got beast in front of steely. I'll still take it. Thank you as always. Don't wreck your Hugo. Oh, Be careful. Oh, what, what did you think of I my go. word, Ballyhood? okay. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four, maybe a five. I love you. All right. Hey, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. I, I, I like your hair every day, Mr. Einstein. Yeah, I love you. Um, Bye. Have a great day. Ooh. Bye. <laughs> there he is. Paul Allen. Uh, let's take a break. It is February 1, which means that when we return, you'll get to see of some of the best of what happened on PFT Live, PFTPM, and any of our other properties during the month of January. We'll do that after this on this Tuesday edition of PFT. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Feeling good today. The Aaron Rodgers Infinite Loop isn't going to be playing anytime soon. Like Mike Florio. I mean, don't waste your time reading uh, reading crap like that. It's always important to check yourself lest you... Wreck or you wreck yourself. If I don't get fired after today, I'm never getting fired. We're stirring it up with both hands and a big-ass spoon today. I'm giving a lot less <laughs> the last couple of years. Foot's probably got a little hair on it and stuff, too. I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> I don't get pedicures. Let's just say that. Yeah, so right. <laughs> you son of a... I know the sport. I cover the sport. I live the sport. I breathe the sport. I eat the sport. I poop the sport. Yummy, yummy. Let me have more. I'm going to get a fish bowl and put it over my head. It is... Terrible towel time. The Steelers advance. When they picked up the fumble and ran for a touchdown, we looked at each other and we literally said, four-letter word, Floria. (laughs) We can put that on the top of the tombstone. Like Mike Floria. I mean, don't waste your time reading uh, reading crap like that. I got a book to sell, baby. When I was a kid and somebody explained (laughs) to me that they make glue out of horses, no more glue. Every time I see the phrase, pressure cooker i have flashbacks when i worked at kentucky fried chicken and literally well i didn't know that. chicken right. in a pressure cooker you've definitely got the french fried taters look today it's not the official's fart uh, fart or fault <laughs> fault you created maybe maybe fart too maybe that's an explanation oh don't you posture oh we don't want posture look mom i can talk you obviously can add more to the repertoire off of that does rattling off a word like repertoire, does that like Rep- negate a Simsism? I even said it with like a French <laughs> accent there. I don't even know I what know. I was saying. I know. Here's my man parts in your face. His football goes through the wind like knife through hot butter. And I just think that, you know, this game sets up well for the Buffalo Bills. I think you've been hanging around with Sims a little bit. Knife through hot butter. I just like chaos. All of a sudden, it's cold out, and it rains, and it's ice everywhere. And I was crawling on my hands and knees across the main drag in the town I grew up in. That's how bad it was. A German woman named Heike made your meatballs. Your shirt 
is as dark as the background. You just look like a disembodied head today. Yeah. We may have gone too far. <laughs> well, look who we have here. We dragged him out of bed. 5.50 a.m. Pacific time. I'm doing my best to subtract my three hours because I'm coming out there on Saturday and I got to spend the whole week on Pacific time when the world is on East Coast time. Miles Simmons joining us for a mailbag segment. Good morning and welcome in. Have you done the Wordle yet today? I have not done the Wordle yet today. Uh, it's a little early for that. I usually like to wait until mid-morning, maybe early afternoon. As long, I feel like as long as I get it in before the show, like if we're doing the show, you know, at two o'clock out here, then that's usually the, the demarcation line as to where uh, I've done it or not. My, my brain can't process the fact that next week we'll be live at two o'clock. I did just I can't I can't accept that, but we will be live <laughs> for two hours next week. PFTPM, oh. two hours live, two o'clock Pacific time, five o'clock Eastern time. Let's answer a few questions today. Here's one. That I picked out of the stack just for you, Miles. This comes from the NY21er. Best guess of what really happened with Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. Uh, he just got sick of being there, right? I, I mean, like that, I feel like that's pretty much what happened. He figured out that it wasn't going to work between him and Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski and whatever other offensive coaches or offensive personnel, whatever you want to say, he figured out that it wasn't going to work. And then, you know, whether he directly or maybe more like, oh, won't someone rid me of this meddlesome priest kind of fashion, had his dad then go and do what he did with the whole video and point out all the times he was open and whatnot. And then that's just how we got out of there. And I think, you know, from Cleveland's uh, front office standpoint, coach's standpoint, they probably were like, hey, man, like this is a very talented guy. This is a very talented receiver. We want to make sure that we get every single thing we can out of him before we decide to cut him loose. And unfortunately, he just was able to force his way out, get himself into a better situation. And lo and behold, now he's playing in Super Bowl 56. I think that the relationship or lack thereof between Beckham and Baker Mayfield was the reason it ultimately fell apart. And, Miles, I think it first went off the rails after that. Remember 2019, start of the offseason program, Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, OBJ, talking to the media, everything's positive, everything's great. They're in the process of turning it around, they had the unexpectedly strong finish to 2018. And then after a workout or two, Beckham's gone and makes cameo appearances after that. I think that got Mayfield's nose out of joint because Beckham wasn't there to establish rapport and be present and learn. And he was out doing his own thing. Well, all the exercises he does, running around on the beach, whatever, whatever it is that he does that works for him, I think that got Mayfield a little sideways and they never quite recovered from that. That's certainly possible. And look, it, it, what was interesting in this you know, offseason leading up to 2021 was you did have workouts where Mayfield was with Landry where you know they were with Beckham and leading up to training camp everybody kept talking about oh my gosh Odell Beckham Jr. looks so good he looks better than he did than before he got hurt 
And then Beckham wasn't really practicing in training camp. He didn't even play until I think it was week three, week four. Whenever they played the Bears, that's when he made his debut. And that makes sense. Look, he was coming off an ACL. It's not like that's the easiest thing to recover from, especially when you're a guy who's an, as an explosive receiver as Odell Beckham Jr. can be. But I, admit, I think you're right, Mike, in that it was just that Beckham was just so disinterested, you know, especially once things really got going this year. It just never felt like he and Mayfield were ever going to be on the same page. And especially that Vikings game really, really showed that um, for sure. I also feel like Kevin Stefanski abandoned the approach that we saw last year. He was consciously looking for ways to get the ball in Beckham's hands. He had that great game against the Cowboys few weeks before he tore his ACL, but there was never that that conscious effort to really get him involved. At John O'Payton with the Rams playing a Super Bowl at home in a city that only loves winners, if that much, is a Super Bowl victory for the Rams, Dean Spanos' worst nightmare as owner of the other tenant Ooh. at SoFi Stadium, the Chargers. Yes, probably. But at the same time, I mean, if uh, the Chargers come back and, you know, they stop being reckless on fourth down and, you know, actually give Justin Herbert a chance to be in the playoffs, right? Like, it's not like they're going to be, you know, totally the little brother, the stepchild, the Clippers, whatever you want to call them, right? But, yeah, I don't think that Dean Spanos is going to be particularly pleased that the Rams have gotten to the Super Bowl again and that now they really do have a good chance of winning it. You know, the Chargers are good enough to get there, and we saw this year with both teams making it to the Super Bowl as number four seeds. You just have to get a ticket to the party, and you could become hot enough at the right time to run it all the way to the uh, Super Bowl. Real quickly, I talked about this earlier. Give me your thoughts. Alex GT, Brady to the 49ers, yes or no? No, I think he's done, and I think that everything we've seen and heard, he's done. I am rooting for the full season farewell spike tour from Tom Brady just to stick it <laughs> to ESPN. Miles, thanks for getting up. Go back to bed. Good luck on the Wordle. We'll talk to you later. Everybody else will be right back. All right, wrapping up this Tuesday edition, I have one quick thought on Jim Harbaugh to the Vikings. I like Paul Allen's theory that there may be a leverage play going on here that the Wilfs may be trying to get Kevin O'Connell to give them the unofficial nod that he'll take the job after the Super Bowl. But it's got to be two-way leverage. Jim Harbaugh's not going to hang around unless there's something in it for him. So maybe it's real. We'll find out. See you tomorrow. Thanks for some of your time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.